Hello. All right. The story time. <laughs> hey guys, it's Sophie here and Chad and Kara. Hola. This is the red flag. <laughs> the show where we talk about manipulation techniques, how they work, how to identify and protect yourself. We left you off last time with a heavy topic, gaslighting. We went over what kind of people use, how to identify and where the actual term came from. This podcast uh, involved cats, treasure hunting and me slurring my words as usual. Today we are doing the story time segment. So me and Kara will be telling our stories of how we were gaslighted. Just a friendly reminder, this podcast will go over things that will be triggering for some. We advise to please listen with caution. If you are sensitive to these types of things, the story time segment might not be the best part to listen to. Truth. True. Yep, and also I'm just going to be a non-biased. So all my, I have not heard these stories yet, so my reactions are going to be legitimate and wholehearted because... Yeah, and also I don't have a story for y'all, no. so I'm just gonna straight up just be an observer and a listener and a commentator. There you are. Which is perfect. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, were we wanting, Kara? Did you want to do your story or should um, I do mine? I think you should start. Okay. Oh, this uh, the story is a little bit heavy, but um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, let's begin. Please know these, these are real stories and the names have been changed. Um, when I was 16, I worked for a company that threw rave parties. One of my bosses, who claimed to be 19, befriended me. We're going to give him a fake name, um, and it's going to be... Lucas. Lucas. We'll do that. That was my zoologist teacher name. Ooh, the nice. real Lu Lucas, I know, is actually a really nice person, but anyway... <laughs> Um, he became my friend. I remember some nights we would stay up for hours just telling each other about our day. Being really close like that went on for months. He had been seeing this girl for the entire time, and she would use him for money. She was really pretty. I mean, like, every guy I knew in the scene was in love with her. He made it clear to me he had a lot of money, and I would usually just kind of shrug it off because it just was like, I don't really want to talk about that. Um... And let's see here. I kind of wrote down like a rough draft to remember all the important parts. So I'm trying to like keep up with that. Um, let's see. Uh, I would tell him things I was embarrassed about, people I had crushes on, my deepest uh, thoughts, desires, hopes. Um, he would always say something that left me feeling um, good about all the things in my head. Um, finally, one day, the girl he had been seeking, seeing asked him to come see her and give her $800. He showed up to the hotel she was at, and two guys were there with her. She, he gave her the money and left. He messaged me really late that night. He was really upset about it and said that he was ending things with her. I tried to console him. He then confessed he was in love with me, told me I had only tonight to see him and talk about us. In my head, this person to me at the time that got, he got me like no one else, wanted me, was choosing me over this girl that every other guy wanted. So back and forth we went. I was telling him that my mom would get up mad having a guy over. Uh, keep in mind, I had never brought over, like he'd never been to my house. My mom had never met him kind of thing. Um, 
I had barely even talked about him, um, and it was also three in the morning. Uh, eventually, we settled on him coming over, and he would just hang outside and talk with me. So we did. This is the weird part, or one of them. He had never been to my house. He got there in less than 10 minutes. He lived 25 minutes from my house. What the f- Yeah. Um, I walked outside, and he was getting out of his car. The next part of the story is so vivid to me to this day. Um, I think it's because mainly because that's when the manipulation really started. So at the time I had black hair, I was wearing these pattern leggings, um, and some, and a black t-shirt with some design on it. He walked up and he hugged, he lifted up my shirt, placed his finger on the elastic band of my leggings and ran his finger in between the band and my waist. He then reached up and touched my hair. He said, I like black hair, don't change that. Also, I'm surprised. I thought you were going to be fat. I like that you have no tummy. Dick. (laughs) I was completely frozen when this happened. I just remember not being able to move. He then acted as if we were going to hook up. So he tried to get me to let him inside and I refused. So he grabbed my wrist and tried to pull me to his car. I didn't let him either. He tried to convince me to have sex with him on the side of my house. I refused again. He then kind of got frustrated and he started talking about how much his car costs and it got kind of weird. That's the end of the outline I have. That's not the end of the story. Um, So anyway, uh, after that, we kind of were talking and um, we ended up going ahead and dating each other for a little bit and for like about six months and the entirety of the time I mean it was like he would just say these things that were like uh you're fat or you're slut or just totally degrade me and then the next minute he would just like yeah he he would he'd be like oh but I love you and you're the greatest and um and at the time I had like a little like vape pen that I would use um and he was like, oh, you shouldn't be using that. That's going to that's gonna ruin your lungs. And I was like, oh, well, I'm trying to quit cigarettes, and I don't want to smoke them. And he would be like, no. And um, Wait, so, like, he would tell you no, just smoke cigarettes? Yeah. Jesus. And so, basically, at one point, um, we were hanging out or something, and then my vape pen disappeared suddenly. And he was like, well you don't have the money to go buy another one, so you should just start smoking cigarettes again. What in the fuck? What the fuck? And I was like, well, yeah, I guess you're right. Like, that makes sense. I'll do did that. Did he smoke cigarettes? Yes, he did. So he, like, wanted you to smoke with him? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I'm trying to think. I mean, there was, like, one time... Um, so I had this... And this is kind of a really messed up situation, but... And now looking back on it, I had this supervisor when I worked at this burger restaurant that I I dated him while like for a temporary part of the time when I worked there. And my supervisor was this really sweet guy. And um, he actually like passed away a year ago and I didn't find out until recently. But um, he like one time I had really long hair at the time and I like had it up in a bun all day at my shift and he came and picked me up from work. And as I was walking out of the back door after I clocked out and everything, I took down my hair and I just washed it that morning. So it's still a little damp because it was a lot of, I have so much hair. And um, I get in the car and he was like, why is your hair wet? 
And I was like, because I had it up in a bun all day. And he was like, no, really, why is your hair wet? And I was like, oh, because I went to my friend's house and there's this guy and I showered there. That's what happened. Completely just, yeah, just messing with him, trying, because he's being ridiculous at this point. And I was like, and he was like, I figured that's what you did. Like, it's obvious because you're a slut and like you would cheat on me. And I was like, no, I've been at work all day. Like, that never happened. Totally had time to sleep with another dude and go to his house and shower while I was at work all day until he picked me up from work. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, I got a ride with someone else. Yeah, their no. house. They picked me up from work oh. and then brought me back to work. Like, I could have just said, I don't want to hang out with you and just, like, lied about it if yeah. I really wanted to. Like, it's just... But, um... So, anyway, it was, like, all of that. And he, like, ended up where he would worked. There was, like, a two-month... Or a two-week, like, break they all had to take because he, like, worked at this plant or something. And so they had to, like, clear it out once a year for two weeks. And they gave everyone paid vacation. And, um... They, like, cleaned it out and everything. So for two weeks, he had off, and he was like, oh, well, I'm going to get you, like, a PlayStation because, like, you only have a PlayStation 2, and I want to get you a PlayStation 3. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And um, so he got it, and he was like, actually, this is mine, but I'm going to let you use it. And um, he uh, put it down at my house, and he would come over for the two weeks and just, like, sit and play video games and just scream like at the TV. And keep in mind, I was like 16. I lived with my mom and she was just like, I don't like him here. Like he's freaking us out. Like, and, oh God, sorry, careful. Um, (laughs) um, So it was just kind of a lot of manipulation, a lot of weird things. He just, I was totally afraid of him and he would tell me these stories of how he was beaten as a child and like like raped and everything to like make me feel bad and like I still to this day don't know if any of that is true or not right and I still to this day don't know how old he is um trying to think of a few other things he said um it's like I don't know, it was so long ago that I'm like, I've blocked it out. Yeah. And I just kind of like, okay, well, wait, <laughs> I need to remember most of it. Um, so there was a lot of that. And then at one point, um, he broke up with me and he, it was out of the blue. Like he was just like, we're over, this is done. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like, wh- wh- why, why? And he like, was just what like, did I do? yeah. And he just like refused to talk to me. And I was like, okay, fine. And um, then basically what happened is that a friend, or it was like a mutual friend or something, I was was like, I heard that he was talking to so-and-so, like this girl, we'll call her Mackenzie or whatever. Um, And I contacted her and I was like, hey, did you fool around with Lucas or whatever? And she was like, yeah, that happened. It took me a minute. Um, But, yeah, so he was like, or, or yeah, she was like, yeah, I, I, we fooled around, like, we went and drank Bacardi, and, like, he had me over, and, and I was like, well, we were, we just broke up, like, what is, how is this, and she, like, sent me all the screenshots, and it, like, he completely made it as if I, like, did something wrong, 
and broke up with him and he was distraught and he was looking for a way to like <laughs> wow that really does sound cool. yeah that's like just mass douchebag logic I guess I know and it's yeah and so yeah so she sent me all these screenshots of like all this stuff and I was like and keep in mind he lived at his mom's place so this is something that's kind of weird and um he I talked to him about it and I was like you always keep the door open whenever I'm at your place because that's what your mom like she she demands that kind of thing and and he was like yeah absolutely and I was like but how could you like you said that you're or he was saying that his mom was there when she when she came over and he was like nothing happened we were just friends like nothing and I was like okay but was like he's like the door was open and I was like okay well um I guess I believe you and so I we ended up like getting back together and stuff like that and I was like laying on his bed one day and he like went to use the bathroom and I rolled over and like looked down the side of his bed and there was a condom wrapper and I just was like, um... this wasn't with me. Yeah. And, um... So, yeah, I picked it up, and he, like, walked in, and I was like, what's this? And he was like, oh, I don't know. And I was like, yeah, you do know, like... What's this? I don't know. That's a candy wrapper. <laughs> like... I, th- I feel like Trojan is making gummies now. I don't know. <laughs> so what it is is there's a... Uh, a condom wrapper fairy is <laughs> the inverse of the tooth fairy. So the tooth fairy wants to cause happiness. The condom wrapper only wants to cause pain. Exactly. So he goes around and leaves empty mm-hmm. condom wrappers in unsuspecting, very respectable men's houses mm-hmm. to wow. make their girlfriends think they cheated on them. Exactly. That, so it was the condom fairy wrapper. Sounds like a douchebag fairy. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Or um, just a... Honestly, I would prefer to believe that than that all of these guys <laughs> we're talking about sucked that bad. Right. Jeez. You would. You can. You would. You would hope. But um, yeah, he eventually was like, I just. That's not mine. I don't know where it came from. And I was just like, okay, I'm not. I'm not even gonna deal with this. Um. And during that period of time, like he started getting really weird. And this is when the story kind of takes an even creepier turn. Um, one day he was, we were driving and um, he basically was like, you know, there's this, there's this doctor or whatever. There's a story. I can't even remember what it was. And I honestly did not have the desire to even look it up because it's so messed up. And for people that are listening this part is a little bit grotesque, and I just want you to know that ahead of time. Yeah. Um, we were driving, and he was like, there's this doctor that was so in love with... He was worked in a morgue, and he, was so in, he fell in love with one of his patients. And I was like, you mean like a dead person? He was like, yeah. And he was like, that's the true form of love, is that you love them even when they're just dead. And I was like, okay. And he was like, yes. And obviously... 
because you smoke so many cigarettes, you're going to die before me. And when you die, I'm going to keep your dead body in our bed and I will cuddle it and love on it every single night. This is like some psycho fuck shit. Yeah, dude. Holy shit. So, on a side note, there is also... My friend told me this story. Just quick add on that. No, you're good. Yeah, go ahead. There's this dude going around in Oregon... Okay. ...who is getting blowjobs, and these girls are having to go to the doctor, and he's just getting, like, blowjobs. But then these girls are realizing there's, like, some weird gray, like, matter around their mouth after blowing him. Oh, God, don't, don't. Oh, my God. they're having to go to the doctor, and then the doctor is telling them, these are parasites. They're only found on dead bodies. Oh, my God. And he works at a morgue. Oh. Jesus! Uh, <laughs> uh, healing about that. Why do people fucking want that? I, I don't know. I don't know. Like what? The like I guess fuck? it's the ultimate form of they won't fight back. Yeah, right. It's like, well, I don't want to be a convicted rapist in real world. And with they can't do people, anything. Yeah. So let me fuck some dead bodies. Oh. And then, turns out, they have parasites that are only found on dead bodies. So, yeah, people found out that he, uh, like the tango with the dead-o. Jesus. Yeah. Well, okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I was like, um, let me, you make it grotesque, let yeah. me take it a step further. Yeah. Well, um, on a side note, I really remember... If anyone wants to hit up our social media and just Photoshop us a condom wrapper fairy, yeah, that's like a tooth fairy, definitely send us pics of that because that was fucking hilarious. I would love that. So if y'all want to just like, <laughs> y'all have free time, just send us Photoshop pictures of condom wrapper fairy because that would be awesome. We would love to see that on our Facebook and our social media because that's fantastic. And if uh, we like it enough, maybe we'll put it on some shirts. Yeah. You never know. That would be dope. Yeah. Okay. But uh, oh. but yeah, back to the story. Um, so yeah, I said that to me one day, and I immediately just like froze up, and I was like, I don't know how to react to this. Yeah, right. Who and, does? Yeah. And um, there was just so much like back and forth where he would like lie to me and call me names and saying I was like a terrible person and a slut and all this stuff and like. And it just yeah it it just was so much back and forth. I just couldn't believe my own sanity anymore like I didn't I didn't feel like I was capable of like I had any voice kind of thing like um and then at one point he was we were at his apart or his his house when he was living with his mom and um he like got up and was went into the office and was like doing something on his computer and he was like don't come in and I was like what okay um huh Yes, I can do that. Sorry. Um, and uh, so basically then he like kind of left the door opened and I was like walking out to go use the bathroom and I noticed it was opened. And he was on some like really weird website that looked like 
I don't know. It was just weird. Like, I was like, what is he doing? And so I like, and it looked like for a second that it was like porn. And I was like, well, why is he like, this is weird. I'm like, it is at his house and he's just like running off in the corner to go watch porn. Like, this is weird. And so I go ahead and open up the door and walk in the room and he's like, oh, hey, what's up? And I kid you not, this man was on a, a, a torture website. Just, yeah, watching, like, I mean, I don't want to get into it, but it was, like, crazy shit. Like, women on, like, spits and stuff like that. Like, it was disgusting. Like, and I was like, oh, I don't want to see this. I was flat out. I was pissed. I was like, I don't want to see this. Why are you the fuck are you watching this? And he was like, oh, it's just for fun. Like, I just like to laugh at it. And I was like, okay. um, Red flag. Red flag. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I was like, exactly. And I was like, oh my God, like, stop. Like, this is crazy. And he was like, okay, okay. And he like closed it down. And he was like, I'm so sorry, baby. Like, I don't mean to scare you, but like, you need to know this is like the real world. And like, this, this is, this is normal. Like, you need to know that. And I was like, what? Like, this, no. Like, I would never think of like to, I would never ever think about watching that and like think it was going to be enjoyable in any way. Like, and yeah, he was like, no, this is what it's like. Like, you need to understand that. This is what it's like to be an adult. You <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Um, and so, yeah, that was another story. And then one time, um, it was just like constant lying. And um, one time, I, once again, he was in like the computer room of his house. And I like walked in and he had this. Um, uh, fuck, now I can't remember the name of the movie. What's that? <laughs> Stabbing my fingers. Is it a torture movie? No, it was um, McLovin. What's that? Oh, uh, oh super bad. Yeah. Super bad, that's right. Um, so the ID that he uses, that's like the Hawaiian like McLovin thing or whatever, um, he had that, but it was like obviously fake, and it was like a magnet for a fridge that someone had bought. And... Uh, so he had that like sitting, like the desk was kind of, there's some parts of this metal and he had it on one of them. And I like picked it up and I was like, oh, this is funny. Like, where'd you get this? And he was like, yeah, I used that one time to buy alcohol. And I was like, what? But it's a magnet. And he How was like, cool shit are you, I know. And he was like, he was like, yeah, I printed it out and I made it into a magnet. And then I used it to pay for out al- or used it to buy alcohol. Because everyone's idea is a magnet. Yeah. And I was like, why would you know? Why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. Like, there's no way anybody on this planet would look at this and be like, yeah, this makes sense. This is totally you. Like, and sell them alcohol. Like, this isn't a magnet or anything. Like, unless they had a friend who didn't give a shit and they just showed him the ID for his cameras. Yeah. But then I was at Skylights. Right. But yeah, and he was just like, yeah, no. Like, I just went into a shop and like, yeah, they let me buy it. And I was like, what? And I turned it over. And I kid you fucking not, there was still a fucking price tag on it. Oh my God. For like the store name and everything. And I like, I was like, there's clearly a sticker on the back of this that has the price on it. And I like showed him and he was like, Oh, well, yeah, no, I put it on there. Like, he just, oh my there was God. just no end to the lies. Like, he just, 
I caught him in a lie and he couldn't handle it. And he was like, how can I lie my way out of this? Like, see, he just, he designed that line of magnets and sold it to the store and then bought one. I guess so. Yeah. So. Psycho, dude. Seriously. But, um, but yeah, we're, I'm coming up close to the end of this story, but. So there was a continue on of like that stuff and just, I mean, there's so many stories of him doing that crazy shit and like saying those awful things. And, um, but then finally, uh, one day, uh, he basically was like, oh, did you ever fool around with this one person? And I just kind of like froze because it was just out of the blue. And, and he was like, oh my God, I was right. And he immediately like got up and like grabbed like his keys and he's like, go wait outside. I'm taking you home. We're over. And I was like crying and I was like, like we weren't, we weren't even together when this happened. Like, why are you freaking out? And I didn't do anything wrong. And he was like, yeah, well this obviously just proves to me that you're a slut. And I was right all along. And I was like, oh my God. And internally I was like, oh my God, maybe he's right. Like, I'm, I'm just a slut. That's what I am. Like, and so I just like grab my purse and I like walk outside and I stay there and I texted my mom and I'm like, mom, I'm coming home. Like Lucas broke up with me and she was like, okay, uh, everything's fine. Like, are you safe? And I was like, um, I think so. I'll let you know. And, um, he like, keep in mind, he like told me two weeks prior to this that he was like, we're quitting cigarettes. And he was like, yeah. you can't smoke them and I'm not gonna smoke them. And I was like, okay. And um, yeah, he's like, get in the fucking car. And I was like, okay, get in the car. And we started driving and he immediately just like spins off and like drives into this like gas station, buys a pack of cigarettes and like gets in. And the second he gets in, he's like, this is how much you hurt me. This is how much you're stressing me out. You're making me like have a bad habit again. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I just, I don't know. I still don't know what I did wrong. Like, and I was like, can I have one, please? I'm so stressed out now. And he was like, no, why the fuck would I give you one? And I was like, okay, that's fine. He starts taking me home. And of course, for whatever reason, at eight o'clock at night, <laughs> there was traffic on I-35. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Of course, this one time. And, right, yeah. And so we're driving and like normally the 25 minute drive that it would normally take ended up being like 40 minutes. So I'm stuck in this car with this maniac and he's blasting this music that's talking about how women are all bitches and terrible people and like and he's just like you did this this is all your fault like you're gonna you're gonna run me into the wall like this this is this is terrible like and he's just calling me all these names and I'm crying and I'm like I don't know what I did and he ends up taking to me we pull up at my house and I'm like, I'm sorry for whatever I did. Like, can we talk about this? Like, and I like leaned in and tried to hug him. And he was like, take a good look because this is the last time you'll ever see me. Mm. He was right, by the way. Good. Um, I walked inside and closed the door and I immediately started crying. And my mom was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I was like, I 
told her everything that happened, she was like, oh my God, like, okay, we need to like block his number on your phone and everything. I was like, no, 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 no. I think it will be fine. So like the next month was like the worst. Like I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't eat. I couldn't like sleep. And it was mainly because the manipulation that went further on at this point. He, I got a text from a friend, like a mutual friend of his, like two, like the morning after kind of thing. And he was like, because of you, he's dead. Jesus. And I was like, what? And he was like, he was driving on the highway. <laughs> Excuse me. And he, sorry, I burped. Um, <laughs> and he was driving on the highway going 90 and the car flipped and he died. And I was like, oh my God, like this is all my fault. And he was like, yeah, you're a piece of shit. Like, I can't believe that you ever dated. Like, he, I can't believe that he even let you date him. Like, and um, I was like, oh, okay, I'm so sorry. Like, and I was like crying and telling my mom and I'm like, he's dead, like fuck. And she was kind of like, my mom was kind of like, good. <laughs> like internally I could see it. Like yeah. she was like, thank God. <laughs> Yeah, and um, so then, uh, yeah, so then that continued on, and then he texted me, like, the next day, and he was like, and he was like, I'm not dead, but because of you, I have, like, a, another scar on my arm, and, like, my face is all bashed, and, like, I'm in the hospital, and and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, please forgive me. and you were driving, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because right. yeah, yeah. you were at your house and he was in the car and you were driving his yeah. car, so it was your fault. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Sophie take the wheel. <laughs> and um so yeah, he uh he blamed me for it and I just continuously just like I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry and like he was like, Yeah, this is all your fault, like oh and and uh, that continued on and then he was like, um, later this week I'll uh on this particular day, and he was like, I'm coming at 7 a.m. and there better be a box of my stuff outside um, and I'm gonna pick it up. And I was like, okay, okay, yeah, that, I, I, can, I can do that, absolutely. And I stayed up all night, I couldn't sleep, and I packed up all the stuff he had like given me and stuff like that. And I waited outside, and I like sat outside at like 6.30 in the morning. And I was like sitting there holding it, and like 6.45 came around, 7, 7.15, 7.30. Next thing you know, it was 9 a.m. And I texted him, and I was like, hey, are you still coming by? Like, and he was like, no, I don't feel like it today. And I was like, okay, well, you said that, so I'm just gonna put the stuff back in. He was like, okay, well, tomorrow I'm coming by, so you need to be up and have my stuff ready. And I was like, okay, I can do that. This went on for, like, four days straight, where he kept telling me to wake up. What a fucking douche. And he never ended up getting getting his stuff, ever. Of course not. And he, um, he started threatening that he was going to kill himself at this point. Huh. And he was like, there, and it wasn't like a, oh, um if you don't get back together with me, I'm going to kill myself. It was, you did this to me, and I'm going to die now. Which is basically very similar. Well, but it's, it's, it's weirder 
because the thing of like, okay, I'm going to kill myself if you don't take me back is people being like, I love you so much. I don't know how I'm going to live without you. And a little bit of the guilt thing for mm-hmm. sure. But with that, it's like, it's the last tactic they feel like they have. Mm-hmm. And they really feel desperate to like get you back, you know? But with just telling you like, I don't even want you back. I'm just, you did this to me and I'm going to kill myself now because you're horrible. That's literally just him trying to make you feel guilty. He's not mm-hmm. trying to get anything from you. He's just trying to make you feel terrible. Exactly. That's it, yeah. Ten times Fucking crazy. Yeah. And uh, he ended up like texting me one day and I was like, he was like, I have a pistol. Like, I have it at my face. Like, I'm oh, going to kill God. myself. And I was like, don't do that. Like, yeah. that's not, and he was like, you're lucky. I, I pulled the trigger and the text that you sent me vibrated and I turned my head immediately and I missed it. Oh yeah, okay. And I was that's like, sure. that's how friends work. That's yeah. fucking And I was believable. like, okay, this isn't believable. But in my head, I was so manipulated. I was like, oh, thank God. Like, yeah. At that point, when it gets to like people like that, and I don't care if you're male or female, you're gonna say some shit like that to me or anyone, then I'm just gonna be like, do it, bitch. Cause yeah. I, because well, at that point, time. it's not a person who needs help. It's a person that's manipulating you exactly. with the threat of their, you, their life being in your hands. Mm-hmm. When the, the reality of the fact is their life is in their own hands. And if they choose to take it, first of all, everyone I've ever met who has been actually suicidal, actually in danger of that. Like I had one friend who was a very close friend of mine in high school, and she had called me twice before when she was thinking about committing suicide. And she had already tried once when she was younger and her um, the fucking stupid ass guy like ended up getting scared she would actually do it because she was telling him like, and not telling him over and over again, you know, not this thing of like, take me back, take me back. But he had basically broken up with her with no reason mm-hmm. and wouldn't talk to her. And she was like, if you don't at least answer me, I'm gonna kill myself. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm desperate. I need to know what happened. So not like a, if you don't talk to me, I'm doing it. It was like, I'm in a place where I'm lost and I'm desperate and I'm sad and I don't know what the fuck happened. And if you don't explain this, I'm going to end up killing myself. And she did. She took a whole bottle of pills. The only reason she lived was because he got scared and called her parents and they found her in the bathtub and they took her to the hospital and pumped her stomach. So she's called me twice since then um, in the past few years and stuff and just like called and been like, I don't know what to do like I I think it's been twice but the first the the most recent time that I remember more is she was driving down the road and they had gotten into I mean it was the same stupid fucking guy she got back with him and like they had gotten into it and he was doing that the whole guilt trip thing of like well just all the stupid bullshit you know and she called me and was driving and was like I literally don't know what to do I'm driving and I'm about to drive my car off the road and I don't know how to stop myself and I don't know what to do, and I don't want to die, so please tell me something. And so I like talked to her, and I helped her, and I explained, like, this happens when you're with him, and this has happened before when you were with him, and you need to, like, be away from him, you yeah. know? But that's the kind of call for help that's legitimate. Like, when yeah. somebody calls you and they say, I'm in this place, I don't know what to do, I don't want to die, but I'm scared I'm going to do it, please help me. The whole thing of, like, oh, I'm going to fucking kill myself if you don't talk to me, well, it's just not worth it anymore, so I'm gonna, I don't deserve to be here. I don't wanna be alive anymore. If they're going on and on about that and they're telling you 
for even, you know, not even just for one day, for like multiple days. Like, I'm gonna do it today. Today, I'm just tired of everything and I'm gonna fucking kill myself because it's not worth it without you or you fuck me up so bad, all this stuff. Like, that's not a suicidal person who needs help. That's somebody who's trying to fuck with your head and using the most fucked up method of like guilt tripping you that they possibly could, you know? Yeah. It's super weird. Sorry, yeah. I don't know if you were done with your story or... Oh, I'm not, but it's okay. Okay. <laughs> it's a good, yeah. Um, but yeah, so then that, that continued where he's doing the whole, yeah, showing up and being, or not showing up and being like, I need you to be ready. And yeah, you know, he did the, the gun thing. And then he like, out of blue, like called me the next day and I answered and he was like, hey. And I was like, hi, is everything okay? And he was like, I'm in the bathtub and... I'm covered in my own blood. And I was like, what? Like, do you need me to call an ambulance? And he was like, no, I'm, I'm dying. And there's so much blood. And can you just tell me about all the good times we had? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And I started listing off things and I was like crying. And, and he was like, okay, thank you. He was like, I was like, are you? And he was, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about to go. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely dying right now. And I was like, I, what do you want me to do? Like, and he was like, I, and he like hung up the phone. And I was like, fuck, he's dead. And like, just to be clear, he was lying. He right? was completely yeah. lying. This dude is still alive for well, what I know. For anyway. everyone's reassurance, he is too alive to the best of our knowledge. Yes. And I can't help but laugh because you're bleeding out. There's no way you can fucking hold a conversation like that. I know. That. Like, when you're, just, you're like... I'm about to die. I'm going right now. I'm bleeding what? out. Yeah. No, so you don't have the energy to talk on the fucking phone when you're bleeding out. <laughs> like, oh my God. And that's the worst thing is these people think you're fucking stupid. Yeah. They think you'll believe anything that they tell you. And, and like half of me, it's like, I know it's not, like I'm not believing it, but it's like. But a, then there's that worry that he's telling the truth. And then exactly. if you ignore it and you say he's lying or you accuse him of lying, then you're the asshole. For exactly. Yeah. Yep. And um, so, yeah, he hung up. And then, like, a few days later, he was like, I drink bleach. I'm dying. And it's just like, <laughs> Jesus it fucking just, Christ. It just, died. it just kept going on. And this he kept is the like. the third time he's faked his like, death now. Bro, I know. Man, and how he's many like. cat lives do you have? Shit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Bleeding out. Getting in the car wrecks. Drinking bleach. Drinking like, bleach. Uh, but, yeah, it just kept going on and on and on. And eventually, my mom just came to me and she was like, this is out of hand. You're not eating. You're not sleeping. You're crying all the time. You can't get a grip. And he's still contacting you. And you can't do anything about it. And she, like, made me take my phone. And she, like, blocked his number. And, like, erased his number, too. And um, then went on my email. Because he used to email me all the time. And he, like, would write these crazy emails. And he was doing that, too, while all of this was going on. He was sending me these emails telling me how, like, I'm a terrible person and everything. She blocked all of his emails. And had me block him on all social media platforms and everything. 
And um, and I was like, okay. And like immediately after that, I did so much better. And she helped, my mom helped me a lot. And um, but for like a month straight after that, all I could do was lay in bed and cry all the time. And um, at that point, um, he ended up like six months later trying to contact me and called me. And he was like, yeah, you were like the best girlfriend I ever had. And like, I still love you. And I was like, uh, no, you were a shitty person. And that went on. And like, since then, he's tried to contact me on social media, like made new Facebook accounts and um, tried to send me like private emails. And every time I see them, I just ignore them. and I just delete them. Yeah. And um, this is actually, there's a happy story to this or a happy ending to this story. And um, about a year ago, I, okay, this is going to make me sound really crazy, but <laughs> sometimes when I get new coworkers or just like when I meet people for the first time, I look if they have like a criminal record and it's not necessarily like I'm going to judge them based off of that or anything, but there's been like a few times where like I've met some really terrible people and I'm like, Hmm, I've gone back and looked and I'm like, Oh, you were, you know, caught with assault. Like, Maybe, maybe this is six like, times. Six times. Yeah. And one of them was like a week ago. Like, no. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I do that sometimes. And I was like looking up a few people I knew. And I'm like, you know who I haven't looked up? Lucas. And I looked him up. And literally like a week prior to me looking it up, he had been arrested for 0.5% alcohol. Point five. Yeah. Whoa. Okay, so for people who don't often think about or know exactly off the top of their head what that might mean, the legal limit to drive, uh, the illegal limit of alcohol to have in your blood is point zero eight, which is eight hundredths, right? Something like that. I don't know. Because it's tens, hundreds, thousands, so it's like eight yeah. hundredths of uh, whatever, I don't even know what the unit is, like it's just blood to alcohol level. Blood. Yeah, yeah. And so BAC. his eight, like .08, like 800. Someone's stomach just growled. That means that, that if you had a hundred, let's just like, this is stupid sounding, but if you had a hundred pieces of blood, eight of them would be alcohol, <laughs> right? His means, Point five, point five, right? Yep. That's what you said. That's um, a half. Yeah. Yeah. And five tenths means if you had fucking ten pieces of blood, half of it would be alcohol. That means half the fucking blood in his al- body had alcohol. Like. Yep. Like he had half blood, half alcohol. Yep. <laughs> what in the fuck? <laughs> he was a very heavy drinker. Yes. <sighs> um, That's but yeah. Insane. A uh, year ago, I, uh, I don't think that's how that works. By the way, I don't think like half of his blood was yeah, alcohol. But like, but yeah. half your blood turned into alcohol. Now you have half blood and half alcohol. See so yeah, how that works. <laughs> you are the weirdest vampire. I was ever. just trying to make comparisons. And no, make it, it was good. Like it should be like because yeah. No, it was it was point five. Like right, that's what yeah. it said on the on the case that I I found and um. Yeah, so for the best of my knowledge, I believe that he is in jail. So... Still alive. Yeah, still alive for the most part, yeah. but... 
his yeah. soul might be dead, but he never had one. I don't think he ever had one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that is my story. And yeah. yeah. Well, that's fucking terrible. That's a horrible thing. I'm sorry you had to go through that. It was a very long time ago. I wanted to maybe touch on a little bit um, why people behave like that. Because I think a big part of the the thing that goes on there is the control. Like, that's so much of it is, and that's what happens when people feel like they don't have control of their own lives or a certain aspect of their life or even maybe their thoughts or their emotions. They feel this lack of control and they want to go out and control, like, the, having that control in other places in their life makes them feel like they're together and like they're doing well and they have control. It's basically psychology domination 101. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, they have exactly what you said, the lack of control in their own lives, so they can find someone who they feel is inferior, quote-unquote, right. to themselves, and they have absolute control, can manipulate, can do whatever they want or feel like they can, and it helps them mentally cope with their own lives, but also sometimes gives them a rush of yeah. adrenaline helps give them that serotonin that and they're see, missing. And I see, think, I think it's fear-based. I think it's, they are afraid that their life is going to spin out of control, that they're not going to be able to decide where it goes or what they feel or what happens to them. And that's, you know, that is a terrifying thought to have to think that, yes, you have control over some things in your life. You can choose how you react, how you decide to situations but a lot of the world is out of your control and things that will happen to you in day-to-day -day life, you can't control it. And coming to terms with that, I think, is kind of part of maturing as a person. But when you can't do that, when you don't come to terms with it, you never accept that there's parts of the world that you will never be able to control. You have this fear that your life is gonna like spin out and go crazy and be out of your hands. And so then you wanna do whatever you can to take the people in your life, or even not people in your life, just people around you and like, control them and that makes you feel like you're stronger and you have this power to control people so you can have that power over your life too because if you can control other people then you can control your surroundings mm -hmm. and your environment that's a really good point yeah i do want to touch on one thing that just yeah. it was closely said more in the beginning of your story but mm -hmm. it's also just one thing that always pisses me off with mostly guys that do this shit is Oh, I have all this money. I have, look at my car, durka, durka, durka. I'm like, homie, you want a cookie? Goddamn. No one gives a fuck. <laughs> you, you want, you got all this shit? Wish they had a big something else. Exactly. <laughs> you fucking, you're coping for something else you just don't have. And honestly, what I've enjoyed and come to love about, you know, a lot of shit talk about the millennial generation, but... I feel like our generation, for the most part, um, are stepping away from materialism like that. Yeah. Like, you know, I could see it, because it's also been showcased in like the baby boomers yeah. generation where for those words are hard. <laughs> I feel like big five. Oh. Okay. But if you haven't seen that movie, watch it. And. So generations before us have, you know, that was their tactic, was, oh, look at my fancy car, look at yeah. my fancy house, I'm a good provider. It's Durk like penguins. Yeah. yeah. 
how the penguins will like there's a type of breed where they like collect all the little pebbles. Yes. And whoever's like the, the biggest pebble. pebble is like the best provider penguin. Yeah. Like yeah. Well see a lot of it I think is that is the whole provider thing. Mm-hmm. But then also um, I do think there's an aspect of because of the technology that we have these days um, and people will say it all the time you know our generation is full of fucking social anxiety like none of us know how to talk to each other anymore you don't know how to start conversations you don't know how to deal with things where you have to just go talk to a stranger because we don't fucking have to we've had phones all our lives you know and I think that that creates kind of like a lack of connection and a desire for this connection that these people haven't had so they don't know what they're missing and they don't know what that hole is that they're feeling. They don't know that they need to go out and meet friends and like build a support group and stuff like that. And they yeah. think that if they have these nice things, it will fill that hole. They'll feel successful and like the provider, like they did well, they can provide for themselves, they can provide for their families. So whatever this is inside of them, that will get better if they have more stuff because then they'll be more successful. Yeah. It's an unfortunate thing. I didn't. It's still recording, right? Yes, it is. Okay, I just want to make sure. This red bar here, as long as it is red, that means it's recording. Oh, okay, good. But, like, honestly, that's why I'm just thankful. I didn't get a phone until my senior year of high school. I didn't have one until seventh grade, and I wasn't, I didn't have texting until, like, my sophomore year in high school or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. See, my first phone was a razor. (laughs) <laughs> Mine was a, a little LG Big Dickin flip phone. I love that razor flip phone because you know razors were the shit then. Oh, oh yeah, Everyone like you were you were the coolest fucking kid. If Mine you had was a razor. indestructible though. That little LG fucking I, can't, I think it was a neon. I think that's what it was called. It was like this little gray flip phone, and it was fucking indestructible. Like it would because it started. Did it have the little stripe on it? I'm trying to remember. Maybe. But it would, like, it had started fucking up because it was old, you know, and sometimes yeah. I wouldn't be able to get it to turn on. And literally what I did to get it to turn on was throw it across the room. <laughs> and it worked every time. Like, And people would look at me and be like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, I'm sorry. Don't want to freak you out, but this is what I got to do. Like, yeah. it works. <laughs> do you see what I'm dealing with? <laughs> um, okay. But anyway, next up we have Kara doing a story time. Do you want to take a break real quick before we start that, or you want to go ahead and get right into it? Just go ahead. All right. All right, Kara, take it away. Well, thank you for sharing that experience with us. It's it can be very hard to talk about things like that. Um, yes. I wanted to talk about uh, an experience I had um, that is not actually from a romantic relationship. Because gaslighting is pretty common in romantic relationships. For sure, it's a common tactic, but uh, it's also pretty prevalent in other types of relationships, friendships and family and, like... Totally. Even maybe work relationships, you know, your boss and something. Like, it can happen with anyone. Mm -hmm. So, um, for me personally, I um, had, like, what is the word here? Um, A broken family, a broken home, I guess. Mm -hmm growing up like my my parents got divorced when I was two and um my both of my parents remarried my biological father remarried when I was about five years old and um I guess I'll give this lady a fake name I was just gonna call her lady but <laughs> let's call her Dolores because I fucking hate that name <laughs> um so yeah she Gertrude married my dad when I was um I think I 
think I must have been maybe four or five when they started dating and six when they got married. And she had a, um, a child, oh, she had two kids when he married her from different dads, which is nothing wrong with that. But she had a girl that was my age and then a little boy who was a toddler whenever uh, they got married. This, I'm so sorry, I've been bumping into this music stand the entire time and I'm just like, get the fuck away out of my way. It's okay. So anyways, she had two kids and her, uh, they were very different. Like she was a very different type of person than my mother. My mother is very non-materialistic, very compassionate and supportive and kind and like just the most beautiful person who's ever walked the planet. Um, and Dolores was more like very materialistic. I actually many times, like I remember seeing her looking through a magazine like at shoes and stuff and pointing out some shoes. And they were those weird like strappy brown sandals, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't really like those. Like I think they're kind of ugly. And I was probably like a teenager, like young teenager at this time. And she was like, yeah, I don't really like them either, but everyone's wearing them. So I think I'm going to get some. And I was just like, what? That doesn't make any fucking sense. Why? You don't like them. Why do you want to wear them? So she was always very materialistic, kind of like do what's popular, fit in, keep up appearances kind of person. And her daughter um, was definitely the same way, like learned from her and everything and was more social than I was for sure. So, because I was an awkward kid, I didn't, like, make a lot of... I had friends, but I had, like, three or four good friends, you know, and then nobody else. And she was the kind that would have, like, a whole group of friends, and she was always a popular kid in school. So I remember growing up, from the very very beginning, um, my stepmother would often not necessarily compare... Well, yeah, she would. She would tell me, like, you know, oh, I, I know you're just not as social as fully. Blah, 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 um, Cindy. As Cindy. I almost said the real name, but I stopped myself. Anyways, she's like, that was the, the sister's name. We'll go with Cindy. And she was like, you know, you, I know you're just not as social. Um, you don't have as easy of a time fitting in. You don't have as many friends and like just these things where she would kind of point out like, you know, you're not like my daughter. And even though she never framed it in a negative way, it always would make me feel like, well, why do I need to be Mm -hmm. like, why am I supposed to be like her? You know, and then she also had this very weird thing of uh, like she was jealous of how much my dad loved me because I, I know, like, she had a terrible fucking family, to be fair, and, you know, she was never, like, loved as much as she should have been, and the two guys that she had been with before my dad were kind of dicks to her, but she was still fucking, like, she was an adult with two children already, and I was a child, and so she would always kind of tell me things like that, like, it's not just you and your dad anymore, it's, we're a family now, and, uh... Can I just add something there? Sure. A ch- <sighs> Sorry, I got frustrated for a second. Um, a child is supposed to, like, there's there's a psychological reason why a child will always be loved, like, far more than anything else. Right. Especially a spouse that you just met. Exactly. And it's like, a child, that, 
That's how they survive. Yeah. We, we, we have to, we're, we're made so that we feel this, like, empathy for, like, a child that's ours yeah. and other children, of course. But right. it's like... Well, it's a survival and protection instinct. Exactly. So for her to be, like, trying to challenge that... Yeah. That's just... It doesn't make any sense. It's insane. But anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. Well, she so she would always do things like that and, um, uh, let's see, like, just make me feel, like, guilty for wanting to spend time alone with my dad. Because once they got married, like, you know, she, her kids lived with her, mm-hmm. so they were, like, a family. And whenever I started coming to visit, it started to feel like, me coming to stay with their family for a few days. Like, I never felt like this was my family I was coming mm-hmm. to, you know? And anytime, so because of that, like, they were around all the time. I didn't get as much time with my dad because I had, like, every other weekend-type visitation, holidays, and, like, month during the summer and stuff like that. And anytime uh, my dad would want to go like they would either they would say like oh let's go see a movie and like my dad was gonna stay home and I would be like oh I want to stay home with my dad and then she would like make me feel guilty and be like well why don't you want to spend time with us why do you always only want to stay and hang out with your dad and in my head as a kid I was like well he's my dad and like I never get to spend time with him alone anymore and that the only opportunity I have is when you like go But then, you know, as a kid growing up, having her tell me things like that, then I was like, well, why don't I want to spend time with them? Like, they are supposed to be my family. It's my dad's wife and his two stepchildren now. So, like, I I should want to spend time around them. And why do I only ever want to hang out with my dad? So I started to kind of doubt why I was feeling that way and Mm -hmm. thinking that it was, like, wrong of me to not want to be around them all the time when I was there. So a lot of stuff like that would happen, and uh, I, from a very young age, like, did not want to go over there. And because we had a court-ordered agreement and, like, all this stuff, it was like, this weekend would be mine. And to be fair, like, my father was super really controlling about that like every time it would be his weekend if I was like oh it's my best friend's birthday party this weekend because he lived two hours away I'd be like can I just stay at home this weekend so I can go and he would be like well you know I know it's your best friend's birthday but it's my weekend and I value my time with you so like you have to come because it's very important to me so I had no choice in the matter ever And then I would go, and so what they would do is I would say, like, hey, can I maybe stay this weekend? My mom would call and ask him, and he would talk to me, and then he would say, no, I'm sorry, it's my weekend. I'd give the phone back to my mom, walk out of my room, and he would yell at my mom. So then anytime I went over to visit, my stepmom would always kind of get in my ear about my mom. And they didn't have, like a shitload of money at this point or anything like now they do but at this point it wasn't like they were doing well like better than okay you know but they weren't like rich or anything and he would always kind of tell me things like oh well she she would tell me things like oh you know I know your parents maybe can't your mom and Dave maybe can't afford that and did you mean to use that real name no, it's all right if I... Okay. Yeah, it's okay. That's just my my mom's ex-husband's name. Okay. I'm not worried about using my actual mom and, like, 
her family's names because okay. I'm not going to say anything bad about them. Okay. But, um, no, he, like, they would just always kind of tell me things like that, you know? Like, we know that you guys don't have as much money. They can't afford these kinds of things. Um, and she would even tell me things like I went over one day and she was like, I know that there might be things that um, you're uncomfortable talking to your mom about. But I want you to know that you can come to me with those things and you can trust me with whatever you want to talk about. And so in my head, I was always just kind of like, why the fuck would you think that I would be more comfortable talking to you than my mom? Like, I don't understand. But it was like she wanted to plant that idea in my head of like, I will be a better mom than your mom. And so even once we were talking about weddings, like at her family's house or something, and talking about one day when I get married like blah 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 and she was like well one day when you get married I'll help you do the decorations because I know your mom's not very good at that kind of thing and I was just kind of like what what do you mean why would you why would you say that like why would you think first of all that I'm gonna invite you to my wedding (laughs) but second of all why would you think that I would not want my own mother to be in charge of the decoration at my fucking wedding like that's a pretty important thing. So she just, she had a habit of saying things to me in a way where it made me question what I thought was right. Because my mother, the way she raised me, was correct. Like, loving and kind and curious and intuitive and generous and like all these things. And what she was was the totally opposite, basically, where she was manipulative and insecure and needy and selfish. And so I think I experienced a lot of confusion growing up having that one side where everything was beautiful and then having this other side where things were very ugly. And she actually, she would use that word a lot too. Like if somebody was like made a negative comment, oh, that's ugly of you. That's really ugly. That's an ugly thing to say. And I always thought that was a really weird way to put it because then it was like, wait, why are we using, like, it's an unkind thing to say, maybe? It's a, but what does, first of all, ugly have to do with what you're, like, because then you're saying ugly is negative, and it's just this whole weird thing, you know? It was all super weird the way she, like, talked about things and even her perceptions of life. And I know that a lot of that came from her family and the way that she was raised. But um, she fucked with my head a lot growing up. Um, so that was just kind of the back backstory. And I wanted to give a little bit more about the actual examples of things that she told me because I didn't realize it for a very long time. But growing up in that environment affected me very, very strongly and gave me a lot of issues that I thought were my fault because I grew up that way and I was always that way and I thought this was just me and there was something wrong with me. So, like, I remember for my... I kind of already touched on this, but for my dad's birthday at one point, I think I was, like, 12, and I didn't know what to get him for his birthday. I, like, put made a card out of paper and, like, drew a stick figure drawing of us holding hands and then put $5 in it. And I gave that to my dad for his birthday, you know, and he like, he opened it and was like, oh, thank you. Like, I'll use this $5 to buy a candy bar, like something stupid like that, you know. He really liked it and appreciated it and thought it was sweet. And then he got up and walked out of the room and she like 
had like got me up and like had me watch her take the card and put it in the trash can. God. And she was like, Fuck. you need to understand that it is not you and your dad anymore. We're a family now and it's not just the two of you and you have to be a part of this family. And I was just like, I, I just thought, I, uh, okay, I mean, it was just his birthday and I just thought it was nice and I didn't know what to get him and it was just a sweet gesture, you know? And then of course that was taking my like desire to try to be closer to my father and she's twisting it around into this thing of like, I'm being selfish with him. Like, like I'm desiring his attention or his relationship more than I should or something. Which is the other thing is that, you know, due to the whole absent father thing, plus her constantly making me feel shitty for like trying to get his attention. My whole life, I was just like trying to fucking get his attention. Yeah. Because she was always there making sure he didn't fucking have it. So then, um, she was also very, like I said, she was uh, pretty materialistic and, like, wanted to fit in with society, you know? So she, and I was not that kind of kid at all. Like, I, I was, like, not purposely or anything. Like, I didn't try to be a weirdo outcast kid, but I totally was always, like, from the time I was in elementary school. And I think a lot of it was just the way that I thought versus the way that a lot of the kids I was around thought because I grew up in a really small town and... My mother raised me with a super open mind, and that's not something that a lot of people in uh, small towns usually have, especially at a young age. So throughout, like, all throughout school, I always, I, I was not that kind of person, the kind of person to, like, want to wear the right clothes and fit in and whatever. Like, I just wanted to wear what I wanted and be happy and have friends, and that was all I was really worried about. And my mom was all about that. Like, my biological mom was great and was like, you be who you are and do the things you want to do and, like, express yourself and whatever you want to do is great. That's you. So I had that coming from her, but then my uh, stepmom, Dolores, um, she, she liked to make me feel like I was not normal. So I would come with, like... Well, like, first of all, a lot of times they wouldn't let me wear the clothes I brought from my mom's house. Like, they would make me, like, they went out and bought a wardrobe for me to keep there to have, like, clothes that were acceptable for me to wear. And so that was really weird, but she would do things like, I brought this t-shirt to her, I kind of told you guys about this earlier, but yeah. I brought this t-shirt to her that had a, uh, it was a red t-shirt with a silver metallic dragon on it, and I thought it was cool as fuck. I was like 14. Oh, younger than that, because I, I had it when I was a sixth grader. So I was probably like 11, 12. And uh, walked in there, and we had to like lay out our clothes and show her before we went to, like I don't know, a family member's birthday party or to go hang out with the family or events like that. She would have us lay out our clothes to like approve them first. And so I went and laid out, like, this shirt and with, like, a pair of jeans or something. And she was like, you can't wear that. And I was like, what? Why? And she told me, normal people don't wear clothes like that. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? I bought this in a store. Like, this, people wear these. They wouldn't have them in the store if people didn't fucking wear it. Like, I just didn't understand why she would say things like that. Mm -hmm. But over time, you know, she would continue to do that, where she would just make these tiny little remarks and... A lot about my weight because her daughter, her uh, that was the same age as me, was the was 
always very thin without really trying to. And that's her, her like genetics. They have, they're all just super thin and they don't really have to work out or do anything. And I don't have those genetics. Like I'm, I've never been fat, but um, until I started working out, like I always had a little bit of extra weight, you know? And I would come over to her, their house when I was like 11 or 12 years old, like still a kid, still no, not even thinking about like my body looking sexy or like being thin enough or any of that. I wasn't even thinking about that at that age until, you know, I started going over and I would like just go over to her house and she would be like, oh, it looks like you're gaining a little weight. Your stomach's gotten a little bit bigger. And I'd just be like, wait, what? okay, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Like, is it, is it not supposed to be that way? Like, I was so young that I legitimately didn't understand why she was saying it. Yeah. And so all these, like, little comments over lots of time um, really, they affected me in really, really fucking weird ways that I guess they're not that weird. It makes sense. But I didn't understand until I was a lot older because growing up, I... Uh, always for one thing I always had a fucking weird thing about wearing whatever I wanted like since I was a teenager I've been like no I'm gonna wear the fucking clothes I want and like if you don't like them like fuck off and I went through a phase where I was like I'm gonna try to wear like the clothes other people wear lasted like six months and I was like this is stupid I don't like any of these fucking clothes so I think that was actually maybe one positive thing that she did for me where after that I was like this is bullshit I can wear what I want she's crazy but for the most part like I you know I even said earlier to you guys right here right now that when I was a kid I was a weirdo and an outcast and that's not even necessarily true (laughs) like it's just my perception of how things happen because she made me think that way before I was even old enough to understand that I was thinking that way so I always just thought like well you know, people don't talk to me like they talk to some of the popular girls that I know. I don't have as many friends as some of the people I know. Like, once I started getting older, it was like, boys don't talk to me the way they talk to some of the girls in my grade. And, like, all these people acted and dressed a certain way, which was the way that she had always been telling me to act and dress. And so then it was kind of a a reinforcement of her bullshit to where I would go there and she would tell me all this shit that like I wasn't doing right or that was weird or not normal or whatever she would say and then I would go to school and see all these people acting this way and having like friends and good boyfriends and relationships and stuff and be like well shit she must be right like because she says all that stuff she's happy she's with my dad all these people are doing these things and they're happy So maybe this is what I'm supposed to do and there is something wrong with me because I don't, I'm not that way. Mm -hmm. And I grew up always thinking that, that I was like, I was fucking weird and everybody else was normal, which now, you know, as an adult, I pretty much think everyone's fucking crazy and nobody's normal and the Mm -hmm. weird people are actually just the people that don't hide their fucking weirdness. Exactly. But anyways, she also, uh... She, what was I going to say? Oh, eating disorder. (laughs) Sorry. She basically, 
like I said, she would make comments about my weight all the time and compare me to uh, her daughter, who was much thinner just naturally. And her daughter, of course, like exhibited a lot of the same behaviors she did where she would like, she hit puberty before me, you know? And so then she would be like, oh, look, like I'm growing boobs. How come you're not? How come you don't have boobs yet? Like, I guess I'm just more mature than you. Like all this weird, like it was, so it was her like telling me, why are you not more like my daughter and more normal? And then her daughter being like, look how I am. Like, why aren't you more like me? And so I grew up in a really weird environment with as far as like my body image. And I do think that I have body dysmorphia. I don't, I haven't been like diagnosed with that. But I am fully aware that there are perceptions I have of my body that are not fucking true. Like, I constantly will think about this, like, skin below my chin. Oh, I do that, And too. be like, I hope that I'm not, like, scrunching my neck or looking a weird way so that, like, my chin fat shows. And then people are like, you don't even have fat. It's just skin. I'm like, yeah, but look, like, how if I, like, do my chin this way, it, like, you can see it hanging down. And they're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. So there's been a lot of things like that where I had to eventually just be like, wait, people are saying that this is not true and not just like my friends and people who want to compliment me. Like, I probably shouldn't pop my fingers <laughs> on the podcast, sorry. But it was like, you know, just people like that I talk to are telling me like, I don't know what you mean, that's not true. So like, eventually I started to realize that like, some of the things that I thought about my body might, might not be true. And that almost entirely came from the way she talked to me as a kid and the way she would make these little comments about my weight and how I looked and how I fit into my clothes and, like, just crazy shit. And then I actually did, um, still do, like, sort of struggle with an eating disorder. It's much better now. But, I mean, it's, it's hard to even say when things like that started because realistically, you know, growing up in high school, like once I had a situation where it was like off campus lunch and you don't have to eat the cafeteria food, you can just go get whatever. I would literally like, I didn't really eat breakfast. So maybe I might wake up and have like a granola bar or a pop tart or something, but mm -hmm. I didn't eat breakfast mostly. And then I would go to lunch and I would have like a bag of chips for lunch and then not eat until dinner time. And so even in high school, that was like my fucking habit to just eat like a little bit of something to tide me over so I wouldn't feel hungry or feel like shit. And then I would have like maybe one meal a day and always still like kind of pick at my food and stuff, you know? And I didn't really realize until I was like living on my own in Corpus. And um, a lot of it too is that we were really fucking broke. So we would buy like ramen and bullshit food. And then I'd do the same thing where I'd be like, oh fuck, I'm hungry, but I don't have any money. I'll just grab like a 99 cent bag of chips. And so I don't exactly know when like the eating disorder things even started, but I know that it got really, really bad while I was living in Corpus. And there was like a period of time where for like four days, I had like a vending machine bag of Cheez-Its and I just ate off of that for four days straight just would have like a couple Cheez-Its like every few hours or so you know and that was all I had and like the fourth day I went to take my boyfriend at the time to work which I think he was a lot of the reason that this got really bad because he was like really terrible 
but I went to drop him off at work and on the way home from dropping him off, I was like driving, getting dizzy, like feeling like I was gonna pass out and everything. So I stopped at the gas station, grabbed a Lunchable, ate my Lunchable on the way to Whataburger, got to Whataburger and got like a chicken strip meal. And then I went home, I took like four bites of it, passed the fuck out for like six hours and then woke up and was like able to eat it again. And after that, I was like, whoa, that was fucking scary. Like, I don't know what that was, but I think I have a problem. And I also have, like, struggled with self-abuse a lot in my life. And don't get me wrong, I don't want to say that all of these problems are attributed to her. Yeah. However, um, your your parents and your upbringing have a really huge effect on you. Yeah, absolutely. if you have somebody manipulating your thoughts and trying to make you think that there's something wrong with you or that you're thinking the wrong thing, that you're expecting the wrong thing from the situation, like me expecting to have a loving relationship and get alone time with my father. Like, there was nothing wrong with that. And the fact that she made me feel guilty for that was like, what in the fuck? So, yeah, of course I don't, I'm not the type of person to, and I've, you know, really come to terms with a lot of this stuff and gotten to a much better place. And I'm, there's still, you know, things that I struggle with, but I think that your upbringing is such a huge part of you. You can't blame everything on that, but it's also like you have to come to this point where you accept and acknowledge the issues that you struggle with and the fears that you have because of your upbringing and you figure out a way to deal with them and move on with your life and continue to live and not be controlled by them and so I have like kind of made that journey and like dealt with all that stuff and I'm doing much better than I have in the past now but it was also weird because whenever I um, got older and I started realizing how much she made me like try to doubt my own thoughts or like doubt my relationship with my father or think that I was like crazy or weird or something for want just wanting to be the way I was you know it it made me grow up feeling like I was that like I was weird and I had I was like overweight and I was awkward and I was never gonna be like as social and fun as like normal people and it took a fucking lot to get over all that And when I finally did and started kind of realizing, like got some distance from it and realized all the things she put in my head growing up, I was like, what in the fuck, dude? Like, and so the thing is too, uh, they had a, the stepson and my, uh, her two children, the boy and the girl, they also had a child together who is my half sister. And you know, as much as I'm, I'm away from that situation now, I don't speak to my biological father anymore. I don't speak to her anymore. I haven't. And it was because I got to a certain point where I realized all the damage she had done and all the things that I have to fight with on a day to day because she like trained me to doubt my own thoughts basically as a kid. So just thinking about all that made me so angry when I finally came to terms with it. And I'm away from it now, I don't talk to them anymore, but I have like, they have my sister who lives with them. And I know that she has a much more stable environment than I did growing up because they are still together. 
They do both love the fuck out of her. She has everything she needs because they have like a shit ton of money now and they provide for her. They like, she's really fucking happy. Like I don't get to talk to them anymore, but I still see her on Instagram and stuff. And like, she's got all these friends. She's like doing cheerleading and she's got all these nice things and everything. The problem that I still struggle with on a day-to-day basis is that she's growing up in that and she has no mom's house to go to to learn maybe there's a better way to look at things you know and so at this point it's like I've I've overcome and dealt with and I'm not angry at them on my behalf anymore but I worry about her because I you know I was around until she was like maybe not even 12 I was around until she was like maybe eight or nine she was a really fucking good kid and she was really smart and could be a beautiful person and I worry every fucking day that she's growing up in that same environment just like me where there's unrealistic expectations there's weird like you have to fit into society you have to do what people expect of you like you have to keep appearances up you have to look a certain way you have to act a certain way and I just worry every day like what that's doing to her to grow up like that and but I can't really do anything about it anymore. So yeah, it, it was just, you know, just to kind of recap, uh, she was, you know, because I was a kid, I didn't understand that her behavior was wrong and not mine. And yeah. she had me convinced that it was my thoughts and my behavior that were wrong. She would constantly be in my ear telling me all these bad things about my mother, like trying to make me doubt my relationship with my mother and how much they cared about me and everything. Um, So I felt like a lot of my own issues were my fault growing up as a child, like being depressed as a kid, being like anorexic, like not knowing what was going to happen to me on a day-to-day basis like if I wanted to if I didn't want to go to my dad's or if he decided it was his weekend or whatever like not knowing that was going to happen like just all this uncertainty and all this criticism which don't get me wrong criticism is not a bad thing but I don't think children should be criticized for their physical appearance I think that's a very wrong thing to do and that is especially with as much fucking like pressure as we already have in society to look a certain way and then you grow up with your own fucking parents telling you, like, oh, you're, like, gaining weight and you need to be thinner and, like, this yeah. fucking bullshit. It's crazy. And this goes, this goes both ways. I mean, like, you, you you would think, like, okay, maybe this happens a lot with, like, little girls. But it's, like, no, I, yeah. I've, I've seen it with boys, too. Like, it's, yeah, I just wanted to add that. Yeah, but it does. It does definitely also happen with boys. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of why I've been silent this whole time because, uh, <laughs> Sophie wasn't lying. This shit can get you triggered. And I'm reflecting, Kara, I love you so much. I did not realize just how almost on point our upbringing has been. Oh, yeah. Because. I didn't either. Yeah, you just pretty much described my stepmom. Fucking evil stepmoms. There are good ones out there, you guys. (laughs) Evil stepparents are the fucking worst. Yeah, like, um, pretty much I was seven years old and we'll call her Shirley and um, Shirley would take me that's my grandma's name damn it 
My grandma is a wonderful, both my grandmas are wonderful ladies, oh, but yeah. Call Maurice. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's an from New York. <laughs> so, no, so she would take, and yes, I was a heavy kid, around six or seven, whatever. And she would take us, she would take me specifically, because I was the big kid. And, but not really, like I was wearing a large or whatever. Right. And she would, they lived in a town that was 45 minutes from my hometown. She would drive six miles away from the house. Now, mind you, I had no idea where the fuck I was at, where I lived, where my dad lived at that time. I didn't know what the fuck. So she would take me like five, six miles from the house, drop me off, and be like, okay, find your way home. What the fuck? And it's like mid, you know how the Texas heat gets up in August and shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking burning down the heat. It's, what, that's early 90s? Yeah, that was the early 90s, or no, that was the late 90s, my bad. So luckily, you know, it was still the good old fashioned, you could go up to anybody's yard and get drink off their water hose. Or I did walk by this um, super sweet couple, who was old couple who was like, oh, you want some lemonade, darling? I was like, fuck yes, and a taxi. Can you come? There's no taxis in this town, shit. <laughs> uh, can you drive me? Fuck this shit. But no, like she would, and then it was also the same thing. She would bash my mom. Yeah. She would bash my mom in front of me. And as a kid, like, you shouldn't have to no. hear that shit about your own parents. Like, it, that's yeah, cool. You hate my mom. Just but. a side note, if there are any parents out there, if there's one, if you're, like, in, you know, divorced or whatever, split up, there's one piece of advice that I can give you. Please just keep your negative comments about the other parent to yourself around the kids and wait till they're not around because... Exactly. That's a fucking weird position to put a kid in. Exactly. Yeah. Like, dude, and I, that was the one thing. I felt the same as you growing up. Now, I will say, I don't want to get into the other messed up shit because there's a lot of abuse and shit. Yeah. I just don't want to get into that. But Another episode. Yeah, another episode completely. But when it comes to that, like, she would fuck she would pin me against her son in like battles of wit versus battles of endurance and muscle so of course her son would win all the like running competitions or shit like that that she would do this for fun it was the weirdest fucking thing but then she would have us go up and like do you know she would pull out like sheets of like homework and shit and like I've told you earlier I was no dummy back yeah. then and so I would finish the little homework sheets that was like first grade bullshit within a matter of seconds and her son was just not the brightest crown yeah. in the box and he it would cause him to beat me up Yeah. and then he would get mad at me but then she would antagonize it like, yo, you need to get better, you need to get smarter like him. But then she would get pissed off at me if I didn't retaliate the same way right. when he would win the, like, athletic shit. And I'd be like, well, obvious, he's more fit yeah. than me. That's, what, what are we doing here? Yeah. And see, that's such a weird thing, like, 
I, I did want to touch on one more thing that I forgot to kind of mention during my story. Yeah. Because um, as far as the eating disorder, which again, like eating disorders often also come from a lack of control. And I'm yeah. sure that as a kid, you know, feeling like I didn't know where I was going to be or like have any control over whether I went to my dad's or not. I'm sure that was like a factor in like me wanting to control my diet, but also uh, she was fucking crazy. And so from a, from like a very young age, they would leave us at home for like hours at a time by ourselves. So like eight years old with like our four year old brother and they would leave us at home for like six hours while they went bowling with their friends, you know, and we weren't allowed to eat unless we called and got permission. And then sometimes they wouldn't answer the phone. So we would just be at home for hours and hours and hours, fucking starving eight-year-old children. And they're over there like, oh yeah, we're playing bowling, can't answer the phone right now. And so then, you know, we'd fucking get hungry. And like, literally I remember one time we went into the cabinet and we looked and we're like, what can we take without them knowing? And we found a bag of Doritos, like a big-ass, giant Dorito bag. And we're like, all right, we're both going to eat, like, four. And they won't know. Like, there's no way they could fucking know. And she knew. Like, we didn't roll the bag back the same way or something. And she fucking came home. And we both got had to, like, stand in the corner for 45 minutes and got, like, spankings with the belt because we ate Doritos. So as much as, you know, my eating disorder might have come from, like, body issues and lack of control and stuff, I think she also introduced a very weird aspect of food control yeah. into our lives. Because, like, whenever we had... So it was really weird and structured. Like, would we would eat um, breakfast, and then we were allowed to have, like, one snack between mealtimes. We could go ask her if we could have a snack, and sometimes she would say yes, and she said yes. She would decide what the snack was. And then, other than that, we couldn't eat besides meals. So it was like, meals, like one snack a day was pretty much what we would usually get. And we could have the snack whenever we wanted, but it was only one a day. And even at dinner, we would get, I shit you not, a Capri Sun for a drink. And we weren't allowed to drink anything else if we finished it, not even water. We couldn't go get water if we finished our Capri Sun. That was what we had to drink. So, yeah, I think she definitely probably, like, made me have a really weird-ass relationship with food. Yeah, Jesus. Sounds like some psychos in my Oh, she's yeah. crazy as fuck. Jesus. Yeah. And she, you know, of course, has all of her own insecurities at this point. She's yeah. gotten, like, plastic surgery. Oh, liposuction Ooh. and a boob job. And mind you, she was a very thin, athletically-shaped woman with already, like, C-cups. Or B cups, yeah. and she got a boob job and all this liposuction and shit. And I was no. just like, oh my fucking god, what are you. That's awesome. Ugh. But yeah, so that's my story of my fucking insanely controlling gaslighting stepmother that yeah. liked, raised me to think I was crazy and weird and fat. <sighs> all right. <laughs> well, this has been a very heavy episode. Super heavy. Also, is, uh, if anybody has any experiences they would like to share, yeah, um, please feel free to email them to us. Chad, do you have the email? Yes. I mean, we love, we want to hear from you. You know, we're just getting started, getting up on our feet. And we would love any 
critiques, you know, criticism, what you think about the show, what you didn't like, you know, we are learning ourselves and we're wanting to grow and, you know, we feel like this is needed in the world. And we want to hear your stories too. Like if you have a story of somebody who was gaslighting you or just abusive or if you felt like a connection to something that we said about one of our stories, please feel free to email us, let us know about your experience. and You can maybe, also tweet us. Yeah, we, we have Twitter and everything. But maybe, um, you know, we'll do an episode where we, like, share other people's stories. And oh, yeah, Obviously, absolutely. if you don't want your story shared, let us know, and we won't. But Yeah, and the email, just so everyone knows, is theredflagpodcast at gmail.com. And I'll say that again. The T H E Red R E D Flag F L A G Podcast P O D C A S T at gmail.com at sign G M A L I L period C O M. And then also for our Twitter, it is at the Red Flag Pod. And that's it because they wouldn't let me put in more characters. <laughs> And I thought that was kind of cool Fucking either way. Twitter with their controlling. Fucking but you know what? Twitter. It's a thing. Because, like, when I first got Twitter, I was like, this is fucking stupid. What can I say in 72 characters? Because I'm a very long-winded person. I have a hard Same. time cutting yeah. it down to that. <laughs> so at first I was like, I can't even use Twitter. This is not enough. And the more I use it and the more I go from Twitter to Facebook, the more I'm like, man, maybe having a word limit is fucking useful. Cause it's genius. You say things in such a concise manner and it forces people to do one small thought rather than a whole fucking long-winded rant of like this is my day and everything that's been going on and fuck life and everyone's horrible (laughs) you have to fucking cut it down to this is what I'm feeling and that's it yeah true not everyone on Twitter is the brightest bulb but you know (laughs) and you definitely get those stories where it's like ran out of characters, so I'll just do nine tweets about it. <laughs> right? I'm just going to do nine tweets about running Okay, out of but I live for those. No, Seriously, I like the like... good ones. Like, if you find the ones where they're like, okay, so this is what happened to me today, and they give you the whole story. And, and you're like, Yeah. <laughs> but there are some dumb ones where I'll look and be like, okay, you're just trying to tell people about your life and nobody's listening. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know... I get, I get that that's a thing that people do on social media when yeah. you feel like you don't have support, you don't have anyone to listen to, you post about it and you want to get... Yeah. But it also, it doesn't provide the support or the ease of mind that you think it will. Even to get that response online is not the same as like sitting down with a friend and telling them, like, this is how I've been feeling and this is what's yeah. going on. And it's just a little bit like a... Like a little serotonin hit real quick. Like, oh shit, I'm feeling sad. Somebody tell me I'm pretty. (laughs) Right. Oh yeah, on a side note, tweet us or email us photoshopped versions of the condom wrapper fairy. Yeah, I'm down. We need to see this. I want to see this. I want to see (laughs) creations of this because that just sounds fucking amazing. I also said something earlier when I was, when we were driving, um... It is the male patterned baldness of unhealthy coping mechanisms. Is that when you were talking about dick binges? Yeah, dick binges. (laughs) Yeah. I just want to let everyone know I coined a term today. I don't know if anybody else has coined it, but I I came up with a term today. Um, Someone accused me of... I just got out of a relationship, and someone accused me of... uh, 
basically just like sleeping around a lot, like at the moment, which, which I'm not. I yeah, haven't well, slept she's, with a she's single not, person, like, but but and, also keep in mind that's that's not a bad thing too. Right? But yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with that. But I've been having conversations with people. And because of this, someone accused me of... The, what, I'm trying to remember what was said, but it was something along the lines of, like, I can't watch you go on this binge. And I was like, what, the, a dick binge? <laughs> and I was like, oh, dick binge. That's what we're going to call this now. Yep. When you get out of a relationship and you go and sleep with a bunch of dudes, just need a little dick binge. Wait, what would be the relating for, like, let's say it was the male Ooh, going... Okay, um... Oh, okay, wait, fuck. A vag slam? No. Pussy marathon? Pussathon. 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 Yeah, pussathon and dick binge. Pussathon. So, yeah, there you go, guys, if you need a term to describe that. You got it now. Male and female, and I guess, you know, well, there's no other sexual organs, so it's not like we have to come up for options with the transgender. Yeah, it's not like a, yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking, like, my first thought was, like, oh, there's male and female, but we need, like, oh, wait, no, that's all the sex organs there are. It's just the... A dick binge. Because what's the word? There's orientation and, like... Gender, gender and then there's actual, like, you know, bodies with penises and bodies with vaginas. Like, yeah. Or eunuchs. Gender, physical sex, and orientation. Yeah. I believe are the three. Yeah. But, yeah, we're talking about... Physical. Yeah, and we're yeah. talking about. See, I have what this you put on your where medical. I, I mix things up in my mind sometimes. So you said that, and I thought <laughs> we need to do that. And I was like, no, Kara, that's the other one. <laughs> one time, um, I was hanging out with one of my friends when I was younger, and he was like, one of it was two boys, and one of them was wearing like this pink like I heart boobies bracelet, and he was like, why are you wearing a, a pink bracelet? That's for girls. And then he was like, no, it is not. It is for all genders. And he was like, all genders? How many genders are there? And he's like, three. Men, women, and chicken. Oh, my God. (laughs) And chicken. And chicken. And I was like, like, now where we are now, where there's, like, all these people out there and they have different, like, gender identities and stuff like that. And I'm like, man... This dude was like way ahead of his time, right. like <laughs> and chickens and chickens. And chicken. So, do we want to? Do we need to do like an outro necessarily for this? Yeah, one? I mean, I was just gonna close out with um, the hotline and uh, tell him we'll we'll see him soon. Yeah, because so. we already did local shows for this week instead yeah. of the last one. Exactly. I don't think there will be anything new that pops up. Yeah, I'll check while you do that just to be sure. That okay. All right, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm going to go ahead and read off the relationship hotline number. So if you are in an abusive relationship, if someone is, you know, not being the best to you, um, whether it's emotional or physical, uh, here is a number you can call, and that is 888-961-6380. Again, 888-961-6380. 6380 and if you have any questions or any of those stories you know hit you right in the gooey part go ahead and feel free to tweet us email us whatever we want to hear from you seriously so but yeah Yeah, definitely what was that definitely hit us up and remember the red flag podcast at gmail.com exactly and uh is there 
Anything you wanted to add on there, Kara? Um, well, I do want to say the front bottoms are plain today. <laughs> At Emo's. And I'm not there. And I'm not going to be there. <laughs> but anyways, there are some local shows that tomorrow... There's Pine um, and I Was Afraid at the Sidewinder with this band Commons, which I did mention that's right. last week. Last um, week but so. that's going on um, Friday, November 17th, which I guess it doesn't really matter if we bring that because we probably won't put this out by then. Mm-hmm. But then there is, I saw one thing I wanted to bring up. Oh, um, I guess that's this next coming Monday. Uh, is the Almost Famous Friends at FSG. It's like oh, yeah. Pop Mulligan and Cold Front and I love Almost them. Famous friends. That's going to be at a fine Southern gentleman, right? Uh, yes, ma'am. Yeah, if you're going over there, uh, it's kind of hard to find, but uh, just just keep on making your way downtown. And then, yeah, after Walking that, we don't have much going on <laughs> the center as far as local shows. So. Um, we will be playing a house show with my band after Aristotle on December 15th That's at right. my guitarist's house. So depending on when we put this podcast out, that might actually be relevant. Right? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. I guess we'll see. But you can always check out uh, the local bands um, on After Aristotle. Uh, They post a lot of local stuff as well. Um, Also, um, on Trash Panda Productions, we have a Facebook page, and we do share a lot of, like, local bands, videos, and events and stuff like that. So if you do want to find out about local bands and stuff going on... um, just go and find uh, Trash Panda Productions mm-hmm. on Facebook. It's got a cute little picture of a panda as the... And a trash can. Yes. I don't think that's a profile picture anymore. But oh, it's not? Have, we do okay. have a trash can. Trash can panda. A trash can panda. But, uh... Chad yeah. was just waiting to say that. Funny story... Okay, real quick before we end. Okay. Funny story about um, Chad joining us here at Trash Panda Productions. Because we've been doing this for a while, and Chad's really good with, uh... Not the podcast, but we've been doing... Trying to get together, like recording and booking and kind of just all aspects of like more of a collective of what any artists might need to be successful and do their own careers and so we I talked to Chad because he does really great video work and he like went to school for that shit and stuff so like I was like yeah you know come in like you can help us working on videos and we're trying to do live sessions and stuff he's like super excited about it like dope yeah for sure so we kind of like met up a couple of times and like discussed everything like texting about it and um so our production company is called Trash Panda Productions. Uh, from the very beginning, he said Trash Can Panda. Trash and, Can Panda. And I don't, uh, so I didn't know. I thought he was joking. Like, the first couple of times he said it, I thought, you know, because Chad's a funny dude. Like, he jokes around, says dumb shit yeah. a lot just to be funny. So I was like, okay, he must just be joking, and he thinks it's funny to say it that way. And then... As I told him, it got out of hand. And I was like, you know, we've had like 15 conversations about Trash Panda now. And he said Trash Can Panda every time. Maybe I should let him know. But I didn't want him to feel bad or be embarrassed, you know. So like I texted him one day and I was like, hey, I got to tell you something. And I don't want you to be embarrassed. And he was like, well, okay, what's wrong? And I was like, well, so the production company is Trash Panda. And you've been saying trash can panda. And at first I thought it was a joke, but then I got out of hand, so I just wanted to let you know. <laughs> you know and he was not all. offended or embarrassed. If you know me at all, nothing can embarrass me. <laughs> no. 
But we got that cleared up, so it's now, all we're, good now he's still gonna call it Trash Can Panda Productions, but it's okay, guys, he it. knows. He's aware. Now I'm aware, <laughs> but you know what? I started it, and I'm owning it. <laughs> Trash Can Panda will rule the day. Oh. <laughs> all right, well, thank you so much for listening, and uh, next time we will talk about how to identify and how to cope and get help with uh, gaslighting. Um, thank you again for watching, and have a great day. I'm Sophie, this is Chad, and this is Kara. Goodbye. Peace. Later. <laughs>